And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Canada Hoops. You know me as your boy, Maddie. As always, we appreciate your support. Continue to download us, share us, like us, retweet us. I'm really excited to welcome today's guest to Canada Hoops. He's a man who's put a lot of time in with Canada basketball. When his teammates and coaches talk about him, they have nothing but love and respect for him. He represents Vancouver, British Columbia. And he's arguably one of the best players to come out of BC, a former Kitsilano Blue Demon, the University of Pittsburgh Panther, and of course, a celebrated veteran of Canada basketball. He is Levon Kendall. Levon, we appreciate you joining us on Canada Hoops, man. Thanks for having me. Flattering words. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I like to kind of amp up the intro for everybody. So, um, you know, yours is a fun one. And, uh, you know, I was I was right looking forward to writing that one down. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. No doubt. Um how's life for you and your family, man? How's everyone managed uh this last year with the pandemic? Um, you know what, we've been we've been doing pretty well. I think uh a lot of kind of business as usual for us. Um in some ways, obviously not as much socializing and seeing the people, which has been tricky, but we uh you know, my my uh, fiance was already at home with the baby uh, and I got a, my daughter's about two and a half. So, cool. um, she was essentially on mat leave and spending lots of time at home. Um, you know, I run a pretty like flexible, loose schedule and I'm often, you know, around or doing little bits here and there. And then I also, uh, I have an edible landscaping company. So we actually had our busiest season last year. So I was you know lucky enough that I could keep working, you know, a lot of the time uh, doing that, just working outside and helping people with the yards and stuff. So um, yeah, we kind of just kept cruising along and, you know, definitely a little bit of the bit of challenge being home with the kids all day and <laughs> thinking yeah. of things to do and stuff like that. But for the most part, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's been okay. Well, that's good to hear. And I think uh, your challenges are much the same, like uh, a lot of people, you know, just trying to, you know, maybe not get sick of each other and get creative with, with things to do, especially if you got uh, young kids. I gl- I'm glad you mentioned um, the edible landscaping and it's Foodscape Enterprises, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, that, name of it. That, that's cool. I like that. Um, can you just kind of let uh, our listeners know how that venture started and then really what uh, edible landscaping is all about? Yeah, so I actually, um, I don't know, probably about five or six years into playing overseas, I was stumbled across permaculture, which is a design science that uh, mimics natural systems to um, produce food and create, um, you know, healthy ecosystems. So I just kind of stumbled across it because I had always been, uh, you know, I had hippie parents and was always you know, trying to compost in my apartment and, right. you know, cut down on plastic. And I you know, always bring my own like metal water bottles to practice. And, you know, it was just kind of in that uh, environmental kind of right. space, that world. And so I, I stumbled across permaculture and found it really interesting. And I actually just started studying. I found a website that had a bunch of open source lectures and lessons and stuff from their their actual course and so i just i'd come home from practice at lunch and whatever watch a watch a lecture and take notes and you know just kind of dove into the the study and stuff like that and then when i um when i retired in 2015 more or less 2015 2016 i uh just had the idea as a you know as a business to help people in the city grow food and and create you know functional edible landscapes um you know primarily we work in kind of urban just kind of standard city lots but you know some some stuff uh on a little bit bigger scale as well but um yeah so we uh i just kind of decided to 
pick it up and get started. And um, yeah, we've been running now for this will be our fifth our fifth season, and things are things are going well. As I said, it, last year we had a big year, just with people starting to be a little more concerned about uh, you know food security and right you know, being a little more self-sustaining and uh, lots of people sitting at home staring at their yards and getting the projects they've been meaning to get to for you know, 10 years or whatever. So right. um, yeah, it's been good. We're off to another busy year this year and yeah, helping people get set up to, you know, get acquainted with food and just add some, uh, you know, add a little bit of fun stuff to their, their, uh, their landscape. Yeah, that's cool. I, uh, I love the idea, and I know I know you've uh, dove right into that, and that's that's good to see that it's uh, become a successful uh, you know venture for you. Um, yeah, are you and you're helping out with um, the tall player project as well with Rans, correct? So you're kind of helping uh, coach and, and mentor some youth as well with that, is correct? Yeah, I've uh, yeah I've been you know keeping my head in the game for sure. I'm just doing a bit of coaching stuff and. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, myself and yeah, Ransford Brempong and uh, another another local guy, Kyle Graves. Um, right. We we had done some camps with Basketball BC for their they had a kind of once a year tall player ID thing, and uh, we ran that together. And then thought, well, you know, what, really these kids as they're growing, they should be in the gym, you know, more than once a year. And uh, so we've obviously had to take kind of the last year or so off. We just had our first camp in a while. Um, a few weeks ago and yeah we're just helping out uh you know tall boys and girls and you know showing them some little more uh you know post specific tall player type of stuff that they you know usually most kids don't have the opportunity or a coach that really understands the position and and how to teach that so so we've kind of taken that on and it's yeah it's a lot of fun getting in the gym with bunch of other tall kids and you're kind of like all right yeah these are my people you know <laughs> like, yeah no doubt no doubt it's well, a I, familiar space yeah i've um i've enjoyed kind of checking out the whole uh premise behind it on instagram and just seeing what you guys are doing it seems like mm-hmm. it's it's uh well done so you know big big props to you guys for doing that um yeah, thanks. i wanted to ask you levon you know you talk about uh just you touch a little bit on just hippie parents and just your upbringing. And just before we kind of get into the hoop side of things, um, you know, you're an, you're an accomplished musician as well. You know, it's really cool to see how diverse your interests and your talents are. I think that's, that's something that kids should take notice of. And it, it's a positive thing to branch out and try to pursue different passions. Um, you know, how safe is it to say that, you know, music has been a huge part of your life and really helped shape you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for those who don't know, my dad is a member and still is of Doug and the Slugs, a fairly you know popular '80s rock group, and um, yep. has has you know he he uh, you know raised us on music, and that's been his profession uh, you know really since like the '80s. Uh, early 80s 1980 kind of or or before and so he you know he was able to raise a family through music which is pretty fortunate and so i was obviously you know exposed to it we always had a piano in the house i uh you know most nights just got played to sleep by my dad playing you know mellow mellow music just kind of improvising on the piano and so it's you know pretty deeply ingrained uh in into my psyche and I kind of joke with people around basketball. They they sort of find wanting. Oh, how, how are you a basketball player? Like we into all this other stuff. And I said, well, I'm kind of almost all my friends are musicians or artists, and uh, and I'm gonna have friends from the basketball world too. But primarily, you know, growing up and the people I surrounded myself were were artists. And so I said, you know, kind of in my heart somewhere, I'm an artist. I just got stuck in a basketball player's body. So that's that the other, the other thing I followed. And I mean, not that I didn't love basketball or anything, but, uh, right. Yeah. I always had that sort of creative influence around me and, you know, still to this day, lots of, lots of my friends are a lot of musicians and, and also artists as well. So. No, that's cool. And, um, you know, don't, sell yourself short on the music side of things too you got some great music out there my favorite track is destined for the road that's a vibe man i really like that song thank you yeah i dig that one too 
Yeah, that's great, man. That's a great track. So I want to shout that out and uh, to all our Canada Hoops listeners. I'm sure many of them know that you are a musician, but uh, if they haven't heard any of your stuff, they need to go check out uh, Levon Kendall's music. It's great stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, let's let's talk about just growing up and starting to play sports, Levon. What, what sports did you play, and then how did basketball start to come into the the forefront for you? Into the fray. Well, I was I was definitely a you know a jack of all trades growing up in the sports world. Um, I started playing basketball in the fifth grade. Sort of that was the first time I played on a team. Um, but I also uh, you know played soccer since I was super young. Um, probably you know a couple of years before basketball even. Um, so and actually that you know fifth grade I played basketball, soccer, and baseball. Um, for a couple of years actually. And then I've, then I ended up dropping baseball. I used to snowboard and skateboard and race mountain bikes until about the seventh grade as well. Um, so I was, you know, I was kind of into, into everything. Um, and then, you know, I sort of slowly had to knock stuff off the list. So I, you know, I stopped right. skateboarding, <laughs> I stopped, uh, mountain biking in probably grade eight, um, had to stop snowboarding and, I think probably grade nine or grade 10, our, our coach put the, put the kibosh on, you know, snowboarding over Christmas break. We had one of our, right. our stars like break his wrist over Christmas break. So he shut that down. And then I, <laughs> I, um, I played soccer and basketball, um, both quite competitively until, um, until I was 15. We actually, I won a, we got a silver medal in the nationals with our club soccer team and U 15s and, um, Played goal net. Keeper, I was a goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I was between the pipes and yeah, we, 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 you know, I was quite good. I was getting, uh, you know, after that national team, uh, after the silver medal, we kind of in touch with the national team coach and, you know, they're kind of scouting me and stuff like that for soccer. And, but really that after that summer I had to, had to decide which one, um, you know, I wanted to do and focus on and, kind of came down to I, I knew that I, I had a lot more passion to put up jump shots than dive around in the mud and the rain <laughs> trade and so um, you know luckily I had the and I had the foresight at that age that I just knew that <clears throat> if I was going to do anything with it <clears throat> I um, yeah I just knew I, I enjoyed practicing basketball a lot more um, than I did soccer and you know I loved <clears throat> loved playing I loved you know, the games for soccer, but I didn't quite love, you know, diving around as much as I did <laughs> on the court. So, and it worked out. I grew another four or five inches, which made the ground a lot further away. Like I was, I was about six, five when I was 15. So I think that was a nice sweet spot for still, you know, being able to get to the ground quick, but also being tall and having the reach and stuff like that. Right. So I think it, it worked out. I probably would have grown out of my uh, position a little bit in the <laughs> net. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so once you, you know, really say, okay, yeah, basketball is my path. Um, you know, who did you start to look up to and idolize on the court, and whose whose game did you really like? You know what i I don't. Um, I mostly remember not watching very much basketball at all um, as a kid. I think I, uh, yeah, I just you know I remember Jordan and and have kind of the Bulls memories, and I definitely went to plenty of Grizzlies games uh, when they were here. Kind of grew up, you know, through the different teams and always getting free tickets. And my dad actually played a season um, as the kind of quarter in between quarters band for the Canucks and the and the Grizzlies. So he had a pass, so I would you know go all the time and see those cool. games. Um, but I was definitely not, I think I was just too busy. I was too active. Um, my parents didn't let me watch a ton of TV. So I just didn't have that habit of like coming home and watching tons of games. And, right. um, so yeah, I don't really, not in, I mean, a little bit more in college, like when Steve Nash started, you know, playing Dirk Nowitzki and stuff, then, you know, those are kind of guys that, that I started, um, you know, watching a little bit and well, it just, I mean, watching more basketball in, in college, but yeah, I didn't have, you know, necessarily my coach actually, he was, he was definitely somebody that I didn't see him play a ton, but 
um, Simon Dykstra. He he was six nine. Hell of a um, play. Played, yeah, played in Holland. Yeah. Um, you know, from what I gather, kind of similar style game to me. A little bit of inside outside. Had a really you know really nice jump shot and. Um, so that was, he had a huge influence just in general on my, on my career, but I definitely remember, uh, you know, seeing him shoot around and stuff when, whenever we were just in the gym or in our practice, he'd, he'd pick up the ball and shoot and he's kind of making like, you know, 80% of his jumpers and all really clean. And it was kind of like, oh yeah, shoot. Okay. That's, you know, somebody, you know, similar size to me, right. similar kind of frame. And so, yeah, I definitely remember that. And, and he just sort of would school me on, you know, what the European game was like and, and being able to move out and increase your range and, you know, work on the, on the jump shot as well as the post game and stuff. So that definitely, definitely helped kind of set, set the direction for me. Um, so I'm glad you brought up, uh, Simon, cause I moves into Kitsilano and so he's there, he's right alongside you. He's your coach. He's, he's a bit of a mentor, uh, at that point you're in kits and now it's, you know, you're three straight provincial championships, two time MVP, um, regarded as a, a BC, BC high school legend. Um, you know, what time your time at Pitt or sorry, uh, Kitsilano, do you remember that as just free, freewheeling in terms of basketball and not really too much care, but also with Simon there beside you, like, okay, I got to, I got to take this serious as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have, uh, yeah, lots of fond memories of, you know, the kind of hoop dreams strutting right. down the hallway, you know, thinking you're the man, <laughs> yeah. uh, in high school. And we, you know, we had a great group of guys that are, you know, we all really got along and had, you know, had fun on the court. And so I definitely, you know, we were, kind of that era we all started wearing uh shirts and ties on game day and so we'd all kind of everyone knew who we were with sure. game day and yeah. you know started that thing so yeah we had a lot of fun um and yeah i was you know for whatever combination of reasons was pretty you know stayed pretty focused on the work and you know i don't remember getting obviously i get a little bit uh you know cocky here and there but right. um yeah, I never felt like I was coasting or, you know, by far the, you know, the best player, you know, I, I kind of, um, yeah, had, had right people kind of keeping me, keeping me doing the work. And I, uh, I often tell kids now I had my cousin who's a couple of years older than me. Um, and you know, I can't remember, it was probably grade nine or grade 10 or something like that. And we were just playing out on the street by my, behind my house and, he started ragging me. He said, man, you think you're nice. You know, you think you're hot shit. And he said, you're not, you haven't done nothing, man. Just cause you're the best kid in Vancouver, BC, like oh, that's bullshit. Like, you know, there's, there's tons of kids that are better than you. You got to remember that. And, you know, he was just, he was giving me a hard lesson and he was, you know, my, like older cousin that I looked up to. And, right. um, that really, it, it totally sunk in. And so I just, you know, I do remember kind of always having that in my head. Like there's always somebody working harder than me there's always somebody better, um, you know, not to, not to get complacent. So that definitely like planted a seed in my, in my head. And, and he was totally right. Like I, I uh, tell kids too, like I, you know, I was one of the best big guys in Canada and I went to Pittsburgh and I sat on the bench for three years. Um, cause I, you know, I red shirted and then took me a couple of years to, to earn any, playing time because you know there were a lot of guys that were you know bigger and better than i was so right. you know that's that's kind of what it took so well what do you yeah, what do was, you uh what do you make of when people say uh i saw an article recently and they were listing you know the top players in the province over the the history of bc high school basketball and um you were omitted i'm not sure if you were aware i missed of that, that. Well, there was a lot of discussion about, and I'm not from BC, but I've tried to follow a lot of the players out of that province, um, you know, and there was a lot of discussion about you uh, being omitted. But that aside, you know, when people mention you as, you know, one of the top players out of the province of all time, you know, what do you what do you make of that? It's uh, it's flattering, man. It's it's kind of a. Uh yeah it, you know makes me makes me smile and you know sure. it's nice to uh, 
yeah, just to, to have the recognition and, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I noticed now that I've, I've kind of been retired or doing a bit of media stuff here and there, whatever it is. And, and hearing those kind of things, it's like, oh yeah, right. You know, I've been so caught up in just life and doing whatever in my day to day and kids and work. And, you know, I sort of, not that I forget about the basketball side, but it's kind of like, oh yeah, I did do all that stuff. And <laughs> it's kind of like a nice, yeah, nice reminder and was a, well, was a, you know, huge part of my life and, you know, a fortunate journey that I went on. So it's, yeah, it brings, you know, nothing but, nothing but good memories. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, what year of high school was the Nike all Canada camp that really gave you that opportunity to, to play the next level? I mean, you were going to play at the next level anyway, but just to really set the path towards, towards Pitt. What year was that in high school? That was, um, actually just before my senior year. Okay. So that was, um, it was actually just after September 11th. It was kind of a weird twist of fate where I went, um, flew out there. I think, I don't know, maybe it was like four or five days or I don't remember exactly, but quite soon after nine 11, um, I flew out to Toronto for the all Canada camp. And, uh, the only reason the Pittsburgh coach went there is cause he couldn't fly anywhere and he knew he had to recruit, um, somewhere. So he said, "Oh, head coach is going to be mad if I'm not, you know, on the road recruiting. So, you know, he knew Denon Brown was going to be up at the all Canada camp. So I said, Oh, so I can rent a car. I can drive up to Toronto, yeah. spend half a day and then come back. And at least I've said, I've, you know, gone to a tournament. And, um, then he ended up spotting me there and stayed for the whole tournament for those three days and right. started recruiting me after that. So, yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you know, with your cousins sort of putting it in your head about, Hey, you know, you haven't done shit yet. Um, you know, like start looking bigger picture when you get to the all Canada camp one, I think you really opened a lot of eyes and let people kind of know who you were just being the West coast guy, Vancouver guy. And then mm-hmm. also, uh, Jamie Dixon sees you. Let's, uh, let's Ben Howland know about you. Um, and then, so once you get that interest from Pitt at that point, was it, all about Pittsburgh for you or were you still considering other schools? Yeah, it ended up being, um, it was pretty quick with Pitt. Like I didn't, I I remember, um, Jay Triano, who Triano, who I kind of knew from BC and he was at the camps and stuff. And he, he came and was all excited. Oh man, I was just talking to the Pittsburgh coach. They really like you. And I said, Pittsburgh, I don't even know what, where that is or (laughs) what I didn't know anything about the team. And, you know, same with Simon Dykstra, my high school coach. Oh, man, Pittsburgh, that's huge. You know, they're in the Big East. And, you know, and they started naming like Georgetown and St. John's and Syracuse. And I said, okay, well, I know those teams. Right. And then, you know, I kind of look into it. And, oh, shoot, you know, Big East, pretty crazy conference. UConn, you know, they were top 20 or something like that um, the year before they were recruiting. And, you know, you kind of start realizing just the scale that, that the university was on. Um, so that, yeah, that all happened pretty quick. I did, um, Utah state was kind of the other front runner. They came and, um, they did a, a home visit, which is the only school that came like the, uh, Moreland, I think is his name. I forget the head coach there, but he, anyways, he flew up and him and his assistant and, you know, met with me. And so they were definitely, um, you know, high on the list, but, it was pretty, I did my visit to Pittsburgh and then that was, I, I signed kind of a couple of weeks after that, just decided that that seemed like the, you know, good fit and best school by far that was recruiting me. And, um, so then I, I signed with them kind of in the early signing period, just before the season started. Well, you know, your time at Pitt, Pitt you mentioned just having to redshirt your first year. Um, but you're, you're a celebrated Panther. You know, when you look at, Pittsburgh stuff, you know, you get a lot of mention and kind of came in as an unknown and then really a glue guy, an effort guy. The, the coaches spoke highly of you. Uh, what was the adjustment like for you on and off the floor as you, as you got going at, at Pitt? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty big culture shock. Um, yeah, I mean, I went from, you know, East Van, kind of Vancouver to Pittsburgh, which is a totally different scene. Um, you know, my roommate, uh, freshman year is also on the basketball team guy from Buffalo, you know, pretty rough 
guy from <laughs> from the ghettos of Buffalo who was, you know, he's friendly, but totally different world. I think I was, you know, one of like two white guys on a team, a bunch of guys from, you know, New York, from the Bronx and, right. um, you know, pretty, pretty different scene from what I was used to the, you know, Kitsilano, <laughs> you know, pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. preppy whitewashed, you know, scene at Kits. And then I'm like, now I'm in a whole other world and this kind of skinny, pimply, uh, tall kid from Canada. And you know, right. it's like, um, that was a pretty big, uh, you know, big adjustment just in terms of, you know, the culture. And then, I mean, on the court too, it was kind of, you know, I go from playing a bunch of short kids who can't dunk. And I, I mean, I was, uh, just ended our tall player camp a few weeks ago. It's like, I, I got just dunked on for the first two months until I realized I couldn't help and recover and, you know, block the guy or contest, you know, there's just like all these, I don't know, six, eight, six, ten guys just, dunking on me left and right and i right. i would jump and then be like oh, i can't even put my arms up i knew i was late but i just had this habit of being able to like help side and block everyone <laughs> and so right. i just you know i was just getting dunked on until i until i figured it out and and just getting thrown around i was i was light the big east was you know most physical league in the country right. i think our lightest forward was 240 and then you know our heaviest guy was 610 280 kind of thing and i was 200 wow. pounds 69 yeah. and the coaches would just say get in the weight room move on gotta get in the weight room and they you know they just like grab me with two hands and throw me on the floor or what it didn't matter they're just like man get in the weight room <laughs> so right. i was like okay here we are time to time to sink or swim <laughs> well you eventually uh you know as you make your way through your career there you know you do get minutes and you you become a key member um you know, Coach Jamie Dixon. Um, you know, he was a big fan of your game. What do you What do you take away from playing for him at, at your time at Pitt? It was good. You know, I, I was um, Jamie was the one who recruited me, and he was an assistant at the time. And then uh, my redshirt year was Ben Holland's last year, so right. you know, I kind of got to see the progression of him go from assistant to you know to a different role, and obviously a guy that you know really knows his stuff and. Um, you know, you, you get a pretty good relationship on the court or in our case, you know, he did and just kind of understanding each other and styles and, um, you know, after, after five years at the school, kind of really, you know, knowing him and just, you know, I felt like that was a nice, uh, you know, good cohesive relationship between us, especially in my last couple of years when I was playing more and you know, I knew that he trusted me and, um, you know, it was what, what kind of looked to me as a, as a leader and stuff those last couple of years. And so that was, you know, it was good. We had just a, a pretty, a good, you know, quiet understanding you know, with all that stuff. Well, you, um, you were a big East academic all-star in both your sophomore and junior year. So that speaks to you being a, a baller and a scholar. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think those are great. I think that's a great thing, man. You know, I think the kids got to realize like, yeah, you know, you, you put the work in on the, on the court too, but the books matter as well. So I wanted to highlight that. And then also um, at the time, Levon, like I remember trying to catch pit games on TV, just you being a West Coast guy, were you kind of aware of any, like you were getting a bit of a following in the Canadian basketball community while you were at Pitt and everyone's like, here's this guy from Vancouver playing at a big school, Big East, like you said. It's not always about the Toronto guys. Were you aware of that that support and that following happening? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would definitely uh, like around March Madness. I would always, right. you know, be tuned in and do the like six fifty, you know, AM sports guys and that kind of stuff. And um, definitely like having friends out here that you know would text me or they're watching the game in the bar and they would often right. have the pit the pit games on kind of thing because there was you know i was one of the few canadian guys or definitely like a few west coast guys at the time right. you know down in the states and as you said like lots of you know aspn games and stuff like that so um yeah definitely you know getting a bit of that buzz here and there from friends back home and yeah kind of people uh keeping tabs on it and it, also after like through the national team, you sort of run into people. Oh yeah, I watched you at Pitt. And, you know, I kind of, a, you know, people that remember 
or or at least at the time where we're watching the pit games and sort of keeping tabs so it's always always good oh that's cool i think um i definitely remember you know your time at pit and uh you know i thought you um you really made your mark there uh Levon, as you finish up at pit and you look to turn pro um you know what was the nba interest like did you did you get any workouts in for the nba yeah, I did. I uh, worked out for, I think, eight or nine teams. Um, went and spent a couple months in Vegas training down there and then did a handful of workouts in Vegas and then also like flew around and did a handful. Um, yeah, and they, they went all, you know, pretty well. I, I had, um, I ended up playing them for the Utah Jazz and Summer League. Um, and then uh, my kind of, uh, my, my odd other twist of fate with the NBA stuff was I actually went and worked out for the Sonics um, when they were in Seattle right. and um, had a great workout. They were really impressed. I was, you know, kind of shot the ball well, did a bunch of things. I forget who else was in my workout, but yeah, they were like, you know, super impressed talking with the GM afterwards. And he said, man, yeah, we didn't realize how versatile we were. We really like your game you know, stretch the floor, all that stuff. And he said, you know, we got a late first round pick, you know, we're super excited, but um, tomorrow the owner's deciding whether, or the city's deciding, I guess, whether or not we're moving or we're getting the funding for the new stadium. And uh, my agent was actually like best friends with the GM, knew the coaching staff. And so my agent calls me, I said, oh man, I just got off the phone. They love you. It's looking great. You know, they got this, uh, you know, late first round pick perfect uh but you know we're gonna wait and see what happens tomorrow and <laughs> the next day the city doesn't give the money owner fires the entire staff and moves the team and so that was like there goes that you know my kind of best workout best opportunity and um, that was just you know just the way the cookie scrambled <laughs> so you know i was kind of always on the fringe there i didn't i never made the effort to go to like a training camp or, you know, skip the first couple months in Europe to, to go to a training camp or anything like that. But I was kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of happy to get overseas and, you know, pursue that, that side of things. I was not too infatuated with, with the NBA. I mean, it would have been nice obviously to, to get there and played against plenty of NBA guys and was like, okay, I could, I could hang with this guy or that guy or whatever. But um, well, we'll get into that because we got a game. We've yeah. we got a game uh, specifically. We got to talk about that. How you can? Uh, <laughs> right. We know. We know you can hang and bang with the NBA guys. Um, let, let's get into Europe, Levon. Um, you know, you had a long and outstanding career in Europe, playing in top leagues like the ACB in Spain and the BBL in Germany. You know, and I thought for a guy who's so diverse, you know, both culturally, you know, and with your interests, your time in Europe must have been something that you you know, really enjoyed and completely embraced. Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved it. It was, um, yeah, kind of a, you know, it's a strange experience. I remember the first year in Greece where you just get there and, you know, after a couple of months, you're sort of driving around practice and then it's like, what the hell? I'm just living in Athens and going no to doubt. work every day. And yeah. it's like, where the hell am I? I've never been here before. Foreign yeah. language, all, all the, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, such a, such an honor to have that opportunity and, you know, there's, there's always some downsides and had to miss a lot of stuff and right. not see people for a long time. But yeah, overall, uh, you know, I was yeah, super, super great experience and I still have, uh, you know, longings for Spain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, Spain is Spain your favorite stop you think? Spain was the best. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was kind of top of the game for me. I, I, uh, partly because I learned the language, I was kind of interested in, um, right. You know, learning Spanish before I got there. So, you know, that really helped. Um, yeah. So I just, after that kind of first year where I took me a little while to learn Spanish and stuff, but I, yeah, I kind of, certainly felt a lot more part of the 
part of the city and part of the culture because of the language piece. You know, I could go to the market and talk with the old grannies that were selling veggies and, you know, oh, people, yeah. in the, people in the old 17th century market that year I was shopping in and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, had, had Spanish friends and just was kind of living in Spanish and living in Spain. And yeah, I really love, uh, this kind of fits with my, my vibe and yeah, love sure. great, great people, great food, you know, good, uh, good habits there. So that was I definitely got a soft spot and I still, I still miss it. <laughs> on the, on the floor, did you get, uh, playing in ACB? Did you get, um, many opportunities to line up against Carl English and Jesse Young? Um, I never played against Jesse. Um, and I think I played, uh, one or two games against Carl when he, no, maybe he was already out of Spain. I think I, I played against him. Um, when I was in Greece, we played against in Euroleague. I actually got hurt. The, I dislocated my ankle when we oh, were playing damn. his team. He was at uh, Tau Ceramica with uh, Tiago Splitter and whatever. They had a bunch of guys on that team. and right. So we were playing him, and then I, I went down in that game. Um, and uh, then I think he, he wasn't in Spain when I was there. I could be wrong, though. My memories <laughs> too many well, games. I was, I was trying to look it up. I was trying to look at, you know, your span – your span there, and then also uh, mm-hmm. Jesse and Carl, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out because it's kind of hard to find some of the, the stats from Europe back then. Right. So, yeah. 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 Uh, when you um, finish overseas, and then you end up uh, playing one year with the Fraser Valley Bandits in the CEBL in the inaugural season, uh, how great was it to come home and play back in in your home province and just be able to play in front of the people that really supported you through your whole career, man? That was the best. Yeah, that was, that was great. I'm, uh, yeah, again, totally fortunate. I hadn't the first time, like the first, that first CBL game in Abbotsford, I was the first time I had played at home since, you know, I played once in 2010 with the national team. We played against China, um, at the GM place at the time. And, um, you know, before that it was high school. So really it only played at home, once in you know 18 years or whatever it was 16 years um so that was great that was super super fun Uh, we actually had a game on my birthday um that year so we we had a tailgate we had like we just parked in a park parking lot and had i don't know had like 30 friends tailgating and then i had to go in and warm up and then they all came and watched the game and had a whole section everybody that was just having a blast and Cool. watching the game and then you know i got to link up with them afterwards and, and stuff like that so yeah it was great and and with my kids too just my, my son's getting a little bit older so he was a little bit more aware of everything that was going on and right um so yeah that was that was great and i'm gonna try to play this summer again too i just i reached out to the coach and told him i said i'm keen he said oh interesting okay well we'll, <laughs> we'll have to talk <laughs> Oh, I haven't so, seen I haven't seen anything online like that, so that's interesting. No, Maybe inside inside info. I haven't, you know, nothing signed, but I told them that okay. I'm I'm up to play. I think I got because I missed last year and it right. didn't, you know, go out to do the bubble stuff. Um, you know, right. I, I think I got I got some buckets left in me. I got another I got another summer. So again, just because that's a you know pretty lucky opportunity to play at home and nice be able to do that so i'm hoping to i'm hoping to get out there one one last time <laughs> all right everyone you hear you heard it here first on canada hoops levon's gonna suit up with razor valley bandits again well i'll tell you what man you guys when you you're on the squad and you get up to edmonton i'm going up there for that game then that's a perfect that's a definite trip uh well, <laughs> if they allow fans we'll see how things go yeah but, uh, um i just wanted to ask really quick how crucial is the cebl right now uh, with respect to growing basketball in Canada, it seems like such a great league. Yeah, it's it's excellent. I was really impressed, uh, you know, especially as an inaugural season, just how well, you know, the overall execution was. Uh, you know, obviously some kinks to iron out, and you know, tough. It's tough, you know, to run a league with the geography we have in Canada. Like that was that was certainly the toughest part, just getting 
scheduling and getting, you know, having a five hour flight on swoop to <laughs> go play a game and right. that kind of stuff is, is tricky. And a lot of it's, you know, unavoidable, but overall, um, yeah, you know, it was great. They did a really good job with all the marketing and, you know, things being professional, the entertainment value, uh, you know, any of my friends that came out to games were, were all really impressed just with the quality of the basketball and the overall experience. Um, you know, everybody was really happy, which I think is great. You know, there's, there's certainly a yearning for, for hoops in Canada and it's a, you know, obviously a growing sport and a lot of more guys in the NBA, but right. yeah, I think there's a, you know, the demand is there, um, as far as fans go. And so I think they're, they're doing a really good job and have, have the right trajectory and, you know, seem to be doing the right thing. So yeah, it's great to see. Agreed. Uh, well put, uh, obviously on Canada hoops, Levon, we like to talk about Canada basketball and the program and Canadian hoopers and celebrate them. And without a doubt, you're, you're regarded as one of the all time warriors, you know, when it comes to playing for Canada basketball, you know, fans, supporters, say it but more importantly your teammates and coaches mention you as one of their favorites as well what does it mean when the likes of carl english and javon shepherd jesse young melvin edgem and leo routens show you so much love and respect you know that's great i mean it's it's uh yeah obviously flattering and uh, super grateful for that for that opportunity uh, certainly the national team was um you know some of the best basketball and best you know friends and stuff that that i made is you know pretty unique compared to you know a professional scene where everybody's there just because you know they're proud to be there and they have the opportunity and you know really just the amount of work that we put in and the travel and um you know a lot of those guys from the national team were you know super close we were super close with those guys for years um and, you know, that creates a, creates a pretty special bond and, um, you know, a lot of respect and, you know, admiration for all those guys and just really, you know, been through all kinds of <laughs> crazy stuff on and off the court. And <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it was always great to be, you know, a part of that and, and have those kinds of guys, you know, just around. We, we always had a really great group and, um, yeah, it was nothing, nothing but good stuff. Um, just through your whole time with the the senior men's team specifically, does is there any moments and you know teammates perhaps that really stand out, especially when it comes to guys like you didn't know that well, and then through the course of your time at the program, you developed that that friendship and that relationship with the people. Their moments stand out. Yeah, um, yeah. The, well, there's lots, really. I mean, uh, we mentioned Rance Rance for Brempong. Um, he's definitely somebody I see the most because he lives in Vancouver. So we've sort of, you know, created a bit of a coaching duo. And so I, I see him pretty regularly and, and his family. And we always, we didn't spend a ton of summers, but you know, three or four summers together um, playing. And we always, we always really, you know, got along well and, you know, got guys, you mentioned uh, Jesse Young and Carl English and Javon and uh, right. Jermaine Anderson yeah. Um, and Andy Routens, um, you know, those are some of the guys that I don't want to miss anybody. Joel Anthony did, you know, quite a few summers with him and For sure. yeah, all guys, like I said, there was, there wasn't, you know, not that I can think of anybody on any of the teams that was like, well, I don't really like that guy. We kind of stuck dealing yeah. with him, you know, it's like, right. yeah, it's just great. Um, everybody was typically uh canadian shall we say and for sure <laughs> pretty friendly and right you know obviously there's some differences here and there um juan men juan mendez another guy who i, I did a couple of years with he was a, a bit older but we're actually working together uh with this uh hudson athletic recruiting company now so i've been seeing him kind of once a week and chatting via video anyways and and chatting with him so we've kind of reconnected after after a bunch of years so that's cool. nice Nice. Um, I got to ask you because some listeners of Canada hoops told me if you get leave on, on, you got to ask him about 2005 and the game against the U S at the under 21 world championships, you dropped 40 points, 12 rebounds against a team with JJ Redick, Rajon Rondo and Rudy Gay. And your performance in that game, Leon, uh, sorry, leave is kind of, 
pure legend in the Canadian basketball circle. Like, can you give us some insight into that game? Cause like you were just cooking and people just couldn't believe that performance, man. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a funny, I was, I've been chasing that, <laughs> chasing that <laughs> moment for a while. <laughs> As you say, like, I don't know, I couldn't figure out, I tried to replicate all the, you know, the pregame stuff and it was, yeah, I don't know. Just one of those games. We, we barely squeaked out of the, we won our last game to get out of qualifying. So we were in the one seven or whatever it was like barely made it out of our pool play. I hadn't been playing that great. And, uh, you know, I remember just being focused before the game and it was like, okay, we got to be, got to be dialed. And I, in warm up, I was too jacked up. I couldn't hit a shot. And even my, my parents actually came down to Argentina with my sisters and stuff. So they were watching and my mom said, Oh yeah, no, you couldn't, you couldn't hit a shot in the warm ups, And <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just, uh, the way it goes. I got a couple buckets early. Um, you know, I remember I had 20 in the first half and at halftime I was like, okay guys, you know, telling all my teammates, you guys be ready. They're going to be doubling. Right. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to let me score another 20. So like, you guys got to be ready, knock down some shots. I'll kick it out. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. And then, you know, first, sure enough, first couple of possessions, kick out, hit a three. And then, you know, the momentum just kept going. Um, the only thing I couldn't do was hit a free throw, which was frustrating. I was think I was like six for 12 or something from the free throw line. So I should have, and I could have had 45 if I shot what I was used to right. shooting, but I was right. hitting everything else and dismissing my free throws. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, we just got rolling. And I mean, the most satisfying was that we won in overtime, which was huge. Like right. they were undefeated, expected to roll over us. Um, yeah, tied it and tied it and then beat them out by, I don't remember how many points, but beat them and they were just devastated. And yeah, I remember actually Denon Brown um, was freaking like his, he was telling me about um, his coach because the UConn coach was, was coaching that team okay and just how he was freaking out at them <laughs> that some kid averages five points a game in the big east and dropped 40 <laughs> you know at 20 and a half and he said oh man he was just killing us they were reaming us out <laughs> and uh yeah just they were getting an earful this guy's in the fucking big east you know, five what? points a game and he's out here cooking you what the who is this fucking guy uh, <laughs> they were laughing and like you know i saw him the next year at pit and they were <laughs> they were just <laughs> So that was kind of funny. Well, you would think Coach Calhoun would know how to, to scheme and plan for you a little better, man. That's on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, that's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you, yeah. Levon, you played over 120 games for Canada basketball. You've been front and center to really witness the growth of the game and explosion of talent in Canada. What are your thoughts on where the program and the talent is at and, and where we're headed, man? Well, the talent is, the talent is there. And I think the, you know, a lot of guys in the program are, are doing a good job. They're trying to, you know, work with, with, uh, you know, the situation right now. I think it's pretty tough with, uh, you know, multi qualifying times. And I think that really, uh, you know, killed a lot of the momentum we had just as in terms of the, you know, NBA level guys, um, there was a kind of a couple summers where they got all the NBA guys out and now they switched the rules. So right. really changes the, the fray. I mean, not that there aren't uh, lots of, you know, really great um, guys right now, like playing, playing European ball and stuff to, to represent the national team. But um, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're trying to figure out the right system and how to get us to that next level. And, partly through that that's through commitment with the NBA guys and stuff like that, I think, but um, yeah, it's great to see. I mean, it's, it's uh, always fun to see all these guys in the NBA and, you know, also to see the national team program for the most part. Um, You know, all the guys are pretty keen to represent their country when they get the chance. And, um, you know, Kelly Olenek, now these guys, now these teammates I forgot are popping in my head, Kelly Olenek and, Kyle Landry hit the game game winner not long ago, you know, all guys that played with on the national team and, yeah. um, you know, Corey Joseph and Tristan Thompson, those all guys that, you know, really committed to the program uh, as well as having, you know, successful NBA careers and stuff. So that's, that's always great to see. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, even in these other qualifying windows, other guys are making that effort to go play for Canada, even though they know down the road, yeah, I might not be that, 
that guy on that roster. But you mentioned Kyle Landry. Big shout out, Kyle. He's uh, a friend of Canada Hoops and joined us, and he's a Calgary guy. And then he hit the winner in that first uh-huh. game. And then in the second game, uh, Keza Kajami Keen, uh, another friend of ours, uh, played really well too. So that just shows you what guys are willing to do to, you know, attend these windows and help put the program in a, a, a better place. It, it's cool to see, man. Yeah, totally. Um, I should have prepped you maybe for this, but we like to ask everybody on Canada Hoops, who's Levon's top five for Canada basketball of all time? Oh, that's a tough one. Putting the pressure on me. <laughs> and I, I always say this to anyone, uh, you know, you've been a big part of the program, Levon, so if you throw yourself in there, then uh, we're, we're definitely good with that too. Uh, yeah, okay, so this is all time. I get to choose any players from all time or it's got to be people I played with? No, any generation, any era. Any generation. Any, okay. Anybody you want. Well, Steve for sure. Steve at, at the one. Um, I'm just going to go old school. We'll go Jay Triano at the two. He was, he's a two, right? Scoring yep. two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Leo Routens at the three. <laughs> shout out coach. <laughs> yeah. Shout out coach. Yeah. Um, oh, and then a four or five. I'm going to say Jesse Young at the four and, uh, we'll go Joel Anthony at the five. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great five. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to argue that five. Yeah, just because they're my boys. <laughs> I like it, man. No, that's that's great stuff. We appreciate that. Uh, Levon, any uh, shout-outs, thank yous, man, before we let you go here? Um, No, I don't think so. At the risk of forgetting people again, I'll just yeah, Fair enough. We'll just leave it at that. Thanks no, for listening. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll uh, I'm trying to get more guys, but it seems like uh, more people are willing to jump on. We appreciate that for sure. Uh, Levon, I want to thank you for joining us, man. You'll always be a friend of Canada Hoops. Thanks for having me. It's been been fun. Absolutely. That's a that's a wrap on another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Levon Kendall for pulling up. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the continued support. Remember to download, like, and share us. Until next time, I'm your boy, Maddie. Catch you later. Adios. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.